This is the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Schmedeke. We're going to catch up with Tyler King today to talk all things signing day. Stay tuned. All right, it's been a week since uh, early signing period started for college football, so I'm joined by Tyler King to break it all down. Tyler, how's your holidays been, and how you doing? Holidays have been great. Able to take some time off, spend some time back home with my family, which I don't get to do a lot. So um, I'm doing well. How are you, Chris? I'm doing really well. Uh, holidays are busy here. I have three kids, so uh, we are very busy through the holidays. Uh, and then it's a crazy time in the Schmedeke house because my wife's birthday is the 18th of December and mine is the 30th. And then there's Christmas in the middle. So um, and then my two of my kids' birthdays are in January. So it's a busy time here. But anyway, uh, not as busy as Deion Sanders. So let's let's go ahead and start uh, on the on the buffs. Um, you know he's, I mean, I, I lack of a better way of saying it. He's been killing it uh, in the transfer portal and in recruiting. Um, so I even saw today he tweeted that he keeps a list of kids that mention him on Twitter. So you know, I it, it's unbelievable. So let's just go. Uh, you know, let's get your overall thoughts on his first signing day as the buffs coach. Yeah, I know it's been it's hard to believe it's been a week since, you know, signing day actually happened. Um, they didn't have a press conference or anything last week. Um, so I was up at in Fort Collins for Colorado State's press conference. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the only thing that could steal away the headlines from Deion Sanders right now seems to be the Broncos dumpster fire. Yeah. We got exactly that over the weekend. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's been everything kind of we expected uh, from Deion Sanders. Um, they, the class is getting there for the 2023 high school kids. Um, they've got it. They got a couple more, two more four-star wide receivers on signing day. Um, both of them are from the South, one from Louisiana, one from Georgia. They've kept a lot of kids from the class. They signed a second quarterback, which is kind of rare. Um, added some junior college kids. And, but I think the big, the big story is obviously going to be, especially for a first-year head coach, is going to be the transfers and kind of the players that are coming in. Surprise, surprise, Shador Sanders is officially yeah. a member of the Colorado Buffaloes now. Um, but obviously the big news was um, with Travis Hunter uh, officially, he signed late on signing day, uh, officially joining Colorado. I, there were some rumors out there that you know maybe Florida State, Georgia could get in the mix. Um, but, you know, I don't think that was ever really – a thing I think he was always going to follow Dion wherever he went. And, you know, now CU gets to see arguably the best high school recruit ever in a Colorado uniform, regardless of, you know, whether they signed with CU out of high school or transferred. I don't imagine there's a more heralded prep prospect that will be at Folsom Field in a, in a black gold uniform than Travis Hunter. Yeah, you know, it's crazy to think like I don't know how much Travis Hunter actually flirted with those other schools, but, but to think that they're pulling a guy that that's just the pull of Dion, like that Georgia and Florida state talked to him and he's like, no, I'm coming to Boulder. I mean, that, yeah, that's just... I mean, it's, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I, I, th I think it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that Travis was going to follow Dion to, to see you, but I guess, you know, with a player of that caliber, you hear some rumors, maybe, Buff fans get a little nervous, like, oh, are we actually not going to – If he's, is he just going to go play at a different Power 5 school? Um, but, nope, he's going to be at CU next year and probably playing on both sides of the ball, which will be hell, really fun to watch, uh, certainly for me, um, and I'm sure fans as well. But, I mean, there are so many other, you know, big-name transfers that we, that we can get to. I mean, it's it goes well beyond Hunter and Shador Sanders. It, it goes – 
really up and down the roster. I think it's it's obviously going to be a new look team. It needs to be a new look team because last year's team went one eleven, and it was a lot of it was a player personnel issue, I believe. Um, but yeah, I think they're doing everything they need to so far, addressing both sides of the ball um, at key spots, and you know, with with some of the talented players that. The there weren't as many, but the some the the ones that were on CU's roster last year, kind of mixing in. I do think they're they are building a, a pretty strong roster for next season. Yeah, there seemed to be an emphasis on receiver, uh, some offensive line, some defensive line guys. I know they got a pretty highly recruited tight end. Was that on Christmas Day as well? Um, yes. So there's definitely an emphasis. You know, I and I worked in Boulder for a long time, and they always talked about how talented they were at receiver, but clearly Dion doesn't think the same thing as he's bringing in all these, you know, they got Jimmy Horn Jr. on Christmas Day, and then they got another receiver on Christmas Day as well. Um, so they're they're rehauling that whole room, it seems like. Yeah, I think that is definitely, definitely the case. I mean, they really needed to, um, just based off of um, how bad that position was last season. Obviously, Jordan Tyson was a really good player, a really good freshman, but you know, who knows? I don't know when he's going to be back. He's certainly not going to – he's going to miss the entire offseason, which is a key development, you know, going from freshman to sophomore year with that, you know, pretty rough knee injury he suffered uh, late late in the season. But, um, you know, they, they needed to get better there because with this offense that Sean Lewis is bringing with him from Kent State, the, you know, the flash-fast offense, it's going to be a lot of what, you know, Shador and and, and Deion were running at Jackson State with the, with, you know, high – High flying up tempo offense. You know they want to get fast receivers going up down the field vertically, um, and, and they're bringing in plenty of guys to, to revamp that room because if you want to run that offense, you got to bring in speed at the wide receiver position, and uh, that's just not something that CU had really much at all last season. Um, Tyson was really the only bright spot at that at that position. Our Daniel Arias continued to have drops. Um, there was a couple moments from Montana Lamonius Craig, but other than that, you know wide receiver was not a position of strength for CU at all last season. So, you know, if they want to run this offense, they need to get, they needed to bring in talented wide receivers. And so far they've done that. You know, you mentioned Jimmy Horn, the the South Florida transfer who immediately becomes their top wide receiver. Um, if Travis Hunter does indeed play on both sides of the ball, he'll be a key weapon. Um, we're still waiting to hear on Kevin Coleman, the other star, you know, four-star wide receiver from Jackson state who's in the transfer portal. And it seems likely that he could wind up in Boulder. So, they are, and, and like I mentioned, there are multiple, you know, four-star wide receivers they brought in that are going to be incoming freshmen. So it's going to be a whole new look wide receiver room, and that's going to be the key to their offense is Shudder Sanders and the connections he's able to make with these fast wide receivers and getting up and down the field. So that was definitely a position they needed to address in the transfer portal and the offseason in general. You know, and so far they've done that, but I don't think the work is done. No, and you know, I also want to talk about they got some big offensive linemen. They got that kid from Kent. I don't want to say kid; he's like six eight, um, or whatever <laughs> he was. Um, from Kent State, uh, they got Tyler Brown. Is that his name? I believe from Jackson. Yes, State. Tyler Brown. Yeah, coming over. Yeah, he, so, he's FCS All American. Yeah, he's he's very good. So uh, he's he, he'll be an interior guy. Yeah. Yeah, and then I don't know. They did get a defensive lineman transfer from Western Michigan, I believe, as well. So he is addressing addressing the the trenches as well. It seems. Yeah, it's definitely not, um, uh, you know, a fantasy football right. roster, just kind of building um, skill position players. Obviously, they are bringing those kids in. You know, Dylan Edwards is probably the the top recruit in the high school ranks, um, the four-star running back, one of the top players in Kansas. Um, but they are bringing in, like you mentioned, guys in the offensive line, even though I personally believe that 
offensive line was probably the Buffs' best position group last season. Yeah. Um, you know, after 2021, it was easily their worst. I think it was probably their best in 2022. Um, and now you just look at the guys they brought in. You mentioned Savion Washington, Savion the Washington. 6'6'9 right tackle from Kent State, who is their starter, you know, comes with Sean Lewis and Bill O'Boyle, the new offensive line coach coming over from Kent State. Um, you know, they're bringing in, you know, you mentioned Tyler Brown from Jackson State. He could easily fill in, you know, at a guard spot. They're bringing a kid, Landon Beebe, um, who was another really talented transfer out of Missouri State. Uh, you know, Shane Cokes, Dartmouth defensive tackle, who, who will be a key addition. Uh, you mentioned Marshawn Nealand. He's an edge rusher from Western Michigan. Um, they're also getting Tej Alston, a Western Mich- uh, from West Virginia, an edge yeah. rusher. He'll be a seventh-year guy. Um, Vonta Bentley, a Clemson linebacker. They're really addressing all of these key spots um, all over the place uh, on the defense, on the offensive line. Um, and you even mentioned, you even mentioned, um, you know, they got one of the top transfer tight ends, Seydou Traore, um, who's actually originally, you know, from the UK. He was at Arkansas State last season as one of the top, you know, FCS uh, tight ends. Uh, and he could be an immediate, he'll probably be immediately the top tight end on the team you know, with Brady Russell leaving and just a bunch of young guys. So they really are filling every position on this. I'll even go to the special teams. You know, the, the Jackson State kicker, yeah, Alejandro, Mata, Alejandro Mata committed uh, last night, um, even though he probably won't. Maybe he'll be kickoffs because or something because Cole Becker is one of the better kickers in the Pac-12. So that's one of the positions C was already set at. But, you know, they're bringing, they definitely needed a puncher. They went out and got one, Mark Fassett from Louisville. Uh, a quality, a quality player. I mean, they didn't have a scholarship punter on the roster for the last 10 weeks of the season. You know, Ashton Logan was dismissed from the team, you know, in the first month of the season. So they're going out and they are really hammering every spot on the roster. Like I mentioned, it is not, you know, fantasy building, you know, Madden construction of a roster. This is a quality roster building period for CU. And I think you really have to give them credit for, for all the work they've done so far. You know, and you talk about how he's probably not done yet. There are still the rumors that he's after that corner out of Miami, who's the second. Cormani McLean, yeah. McLean, yeah. Top, yeah, a top five player that, you know, was committed to – had a verbal commitment to the University of Miami, but, um, you know, his mom said he wasn't signing on signing day, and he didn't. And now, you know, there's definitely uh, real – there's definitely some truth to, um, you know, the rumors that Dion is in contact with – with has been in contact with McLean, so – if Colorado's able to come in and swoop swoop in and get that kid, I mean, they're already really addressing this roster. They brought in another player from a safety from from Jackson State, Cameron Silman. I mean, they are they are really bringing in lots of players that are going to start for this Colorado team next season. And like you said, they are not done. Is Dion's other kids still have eligibility? Shiloh. Yes, he does. Safety, I think, right? uh, yes, Shiloh's a safety. I think he still has two years of eligibility left. Uh, but he will probably – I don't know if he's – has he, he transferred once already to Jackson State when he, he was at South Carolina beforehand. He transferred to Jackson State, so I think he needs to graduate first. Oh, okay. um, and I don't think he graduated in December this month, so I think he will probably join the team in the summer uh, after he graduates from Jackson State in the spring, I would imagine. Okay, okay. Yeah, I haven't heard much about him. Um, you know, and I was looking at their rankings. So they're in the top 25 overall for recruiting classes. And on the transfer, I think there's three on the transfer portal rankings. So I mean, they're they're killing it. it, it it's it's unbelievable what one one change can do. Uh, one thing I want to ask you about though is not much on the local front. I think they have one local kid in the class, the one kid from Cherry Creek, I believe. 
you know, so he's not recruiting local. That's always been a criticism of CU. Uh, we'll touch on the Rams. They they did a little bit of that. But, um, you know, what, what do you think about that? Because it seemed like, you know, you went to the state title games and those kids were excited <laughs> that he was possibly coming. And yeah, he- they were definitely. Yeah, I mean, obviously they the Cherry Creek kids have a CU buff legend as their yeah. head coach in Dave Logan. So um, I just don't think Dion cares. And I don't think the fan base is going to care either if they start winning games right away that he's not recruiting Colorado kids. It would be nice to see some of those really talented kids make their way to Boulder. And I do think there could be spots for them, like a kid like Blake Purchase at, at Cherry Creek, the top player, high school player in the state, you know, for this cycle. Um, you know, there, there is a chance that, um, you know, Sawchuck, the Valor Christian running back, whose brother is at um, Iowa State, could go to see you next year. Uh, the Erie quarterback, Blake Barnett, uh, has been reoffered by the new staff. So they are doing a little bit of recruiting in Colorado, but, you know, not nearly maybe what fans would want. But, I mean, if they start winning games with the kids they're bringing in, I don't really think CU fans are going to care all that much. Yeah, I don't think they'll care where they're from if they win eight games next year. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so let's pivot over to the Rams. Uh, you know, they are also pretty much in a roster rebuild. Um, you know, they were pretty – they struggled last year. But uh, they have the best class in the Mountain West, ranked-wise. Um, I think it was 34 new guys. Is that what you 34. That's what – yeah, they signed 34 new guys uh, on signing day, and they're not done either. So Yeah. So, I mean, a complete overhaul of their roster. Um, you know, the theme of your story on signing day was that they recruited big kids. They want to get They bigger. love big kids. They <laughs> love big receivers. They love big offensive linemen, big tight ends. So, you know, you know, I think this is becoming the air raid offense before our eyes. Like, they're, they're getting what they want. It just didn't happen last year. Yeah, they're getting exactly the pl- type of players that they want. I mean, I think the lead of my story was if your if your height doesn't start with a six, don't try to play for Jay Norvell because he ain't yeah. signing you. Because they signed thirty four kids, like I mentioned, and all thirty four of them were five eleven or taller, and the there were only two that were five eleven. Everybody else, thirty two of the thirty four, uh, were six foot even or taller. And I mean. They love big receivers. They signed their average offensive lineman was like six five, three hundred pounds. You know they signed a, all three of the tight ends. They signed two of them are transfers. One's a uh, high school player. Six five, six five, six seven. They they have a type, um, and you know you got to stick to your philosophies as a coaching staff. Um, if you want to run the offense that you like, you got to get the players in that fit your profile, and they're doing they're doing just that. Um, they got all they're getting bringing a bunch of tall wide receivers to, to add competition to that room. Obviously, Tory Horton is a star, and you know, at, he's the, probably the best wide receiver in the Mountain West last season, will be again next season. But they've got to get more than just Tory Horton, and they're bringing in guys to do that. Um, and I, I really have been impressed with, with the in, in just Jay Norrell's first cycle, the first full cycle as the CSU coach, already using the full resources. Look, this is why he took this job, because he felt like he had already reached the potential at Nevada and now at Colorado State with the resources, you know, the money, the facilities, um, the location, just being close to Denver Airport, being able to recruit all over the country. He's able to he's showing what he's capable of with these quality resources. And he's already delivered what, like you mentioned, the top class in the Mountain West. And I think that could just be a trend that continues for years to come as long as Jay Norvell uh, sticks around in Fort Collins. You know, it's one thing I really noticed, and this is with both the Buffs and the Rams, is I think they're finally, like, showing identity. 
Like they're recruiting their identity. They have two. They each have a coach now. I don't know what Carl Durrell's identity was. I, I mean, I I couldn't tell you, or you know, or anything. I have like no that. idea. I have no idea. Yeah. But you know, Dion's recruiting these fast receivers because they're going to run this fast up tempo offense. You know, the Rams are recruiting these guys that are big, strong. I mean, it's really nice to see these two programs finally figure out like how to f- find an identity. It's nice. Yeah, I mean, what what that is, Chris, is that's just knowing what you want. That's just yeah. qual it's just quality program building. That's just competency. I mean, this is nothing that what we've seen in the last decade and a half from these programs. It's just they, they don't there's no plan. There's no there's no competency. There's no coherence. There's no, you know, there's no strategy. It just seems to be all over the place. But now, you know, you're looking at two programs that really have an idea of what they're looking for. You know, in, in CU like you mentioned, it's fast wide receivers on offense, and it's being tough in the trenches on both sides of the ball. You know, and, and up in Fort Collins, it's big, fast wide receivers. It's big, fast corners. It's big safeties. It's big linemen. Um, they know what they want, and they're going out and getting it. And that's just that's just not what we've seen from these programs uh, the last couple of years. But now and – I, and I think that's the key. That's how you turn programs around. And now both of these programs – which have been in in the stuck in the mud for almost two decades are finally starting to get out of it, which I think is great to see. And the fact that they both play each other in week three next season is going to be really, really fun to watch. So back with the Rams a little bit, they did get one four-star guy. They got a four-star running back, Damian Henderson. Um, He's going to be a really good player. So I was going to say, I'm he'll probably you, play right away, right? He will be immediately RB2 behind Avery Morrow, who is probably going to be one of the top running backs in the Mountain West. Um, he was the Nevada transfer that kind of came on after some guys left. Um, but Damian Henderson is going to be an immediate contributor for this CSU team. They really like him. Um, some power five teams really tried to get on him late, but he just kind of stuck with CSU and was remained committed the whole time. And, you know, he's going to be, I think they found, you know, Jane Norvell said during his practice conference that it's harder to find diamonds in the rough nowadays recruiting, but I think they've got one in, in Henderson, even though he is, you know, right as a four-star recruit, I think he is going to be a pretty – he could be a pretty special player for CSU in the next four or five years. So they did grab a couple of local kids. I think they had three or four. Um, three. They had three kids all in the all in the Denver area. So, yeah. yeah they but, had, so, I mean, they're – again, like I, I think like you said, like these fan bases are going to worry about it right now. But if they – they're both 2-0 and going into that game in the third week. Again, no one's going to care if these kids are from California or Texas or wherever. Yeah, I think there uh, there's going to be more of an effort from up in CSU to recruit Colorado just because that's more on the level of players they're going after, I feel like, some of the better uh, Colorado kids. But, I mean, the top player out of that they got out of Colorado is, you know, wide receiver, a kid named Silas Evans from George Washington High School, um, who Jay Norvell, I asked about him specifically, and Jay said, you know, we go all over the country looking for a player like Silas Evans. And, you know, they were just – they were happy to find – he fits exactly what they're looking for. You know, he's six foot one, 180. He's big. He's fast. He's going to, he could be uh, an immediate contributor for this CU offense next or CSU offense, excuse me, next season. Um, and then they got two guys in the trenches, uh, one offensive lineman, Tanner Morley, who was at Valor Christian. Uh, and then Javion Smith Combs, uh, who I talked to after the, the 5A state title game for Cherry Creek. Um, you know, he's kind of a late bloomer kind of player, but. You know, Jay, he's six foot six, already over 200 pounds. I mean, Javion Smith Combs could be a, a pretty good player for them in the, in the coming years. Um, so there are some quality, you know, Colorado kids going up to CSU 
Um, but like you mentioned, you know, they're also it's not a Colorado is not a region that either of these staffs are used to recruiting. Obviously, right. Dion and his staff, it's the South um, and a little in Texas as well, where he's, you know, made his roots uh, in his post playing career. Um, but for Norvell, mainly it's Texas, but also the West Coast, mainly California, Southern California for Jay when he was at Nevada, when he's at Nevada. So it's going to take a little bit of time, but I will, I do think in the coming years, they will start getting a little bit more Colorado kids. But I mean, like you said, no one's going to care if they're both winning games. So, yeah. All right. So let's pivot just real quick over to hoops. Um, You know, they haven't played in a week, but last week, uh, Tad Boyle broke the uh, all times wins rec- win record over at CU. You covered that game. Um, You know, again, like I said, I've worked in Boulder for a long time. I know how Tad Boyle is. I'm sure he gave everybody else the credit except for he himself, did, of course, you yeah. know, but I mean, what, what you were there, like, what do you think this means to Tad? And what do you think, you know, CU basketball is nothing without Tad Boyle. It, it, it You're right. It totally isn't. Tad Boyle is Colorado basketball at this point. And he, I do think it meant a lot to Tad. I really, I really do because I think he was able to kind of reflect in the last two weeks or so about kind of how he's gotten to this point at, in Boulder um, you know, like you mentioned, he's never going to take the credit. I mean, after the game, he's mentioning, and even the post-game press conference, he brought the four other people yeah. that have been there at CU as long as he has since since he got there. You know, obviously, Mike Roan, his associate head coach, is is the headliner of that of that group. Uh, Mike's been there, you know, so long. It's just a really dedicated assistant to Tad and has done such a great job recruiting, you know, finding these gems and getting – is helping – Tad build this program to what it's become, which, you know, I think it's only getting better from here. And, you know, Tad said, you know, when he was addressing the, the couple hundred or thousand or so people that were at the game afterward, because it was in the middle of a snowstorm and it was on yeah. signing day, it was kind of the perfect storm, you know, no pun intended for it to, to get in the back burner of the news cycle a little bit. But uh, he said to the, after the game, you know, when he was addressing the crowd that he's more excited about the future of CU basketball than he's ever been. And he should be because this team is good right now. This team could get to the tournament if they have a good Pac-12, uh, you know, regular season in the Pac-12 and then they make a run in the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, but next season, he's bringing in his top recruiting class he's ever had, you know, with five-star Cody Williams, local four-star Asan Jop. Like, they are really ascending as a program right now. And even though it is year 13, Tad has this program cooking in all cylinders and and he's as motivated as ever, which I think is is the sign of a healthy program, um, and a healthy healthy situation for him as a coach. So, I, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. I think you'll have to drag him off that bench, uh, if you ever if he before uh, when he leaves. So, uh, it, it's it, it's going good right now for CU basketball, and you know they get started with Pac-12 play again this week. They're on the road uh, at Stanford and Cal this week. So, I'll be back covering them. You know next week, the following week when the two Oregon schools come to town. So it's going to be a couple interesting months for C hoops to see how far they can go with this roster um, before next season is, you know, a really a season with, with high hopes. You know, that's, that's great that you uh, pointed out that, you know, we're talking about coach prime's recruiting class, like Ted Boyle's next year is ranked. I don't know what it's ranked, but I know it's pretty high. They got, like you said, they have a five and a four star. It's guy. top three in the pack 12. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, the UCLA is always going to be up there in terms of recruiting class, but you know, Tad is starting to find his diamonds in the rough and find his five stars that want to come to come play for him. So, and you know, with Dion being in town, I think it's only going to help Tad out. I mean, he's been able to get these kids with a crappy football program. Imagine what 
he can do now. We've talked about this before on this podcast, you know, what Tad's going to be able to do when Deion Sanders is walking down the sidelines at a packed Folsom field for week two against Nebraska. And, yeah. you know, when USC comes next season, um, when Oregon State comes next season, all these home games next season that Tad's going to have at his disposal to, to show off to these recruits. And that, let alone just the great basketball facilities that they have over there at the event center. So things are looking up in Boulder, which we haven't been able to say in quite some time for many of the programs. So, yeah, I definitely, you know, I think it's an exciting time for CU and CSU and I hope people enjoy it. And, you know, I hope it turns out in the fall because that's good for us. You know, I mean, no, nobody likes covering a one and 11 team and a two and 10 team or whatever the Rams were. So one and, and 11, three and nine. I, yeah, three I and nine. certainly did go. not enjoy it. Yeah. Four and, wins. Know, four wins. And, and a hoops run would be great. You know, the NCAA tournaments in Denver this year for the first round. Yeah. At the Pepsi's. Or yeah. There's Pepsi's, a yeah, the, ball arena. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a couple of first round games that in Denver, which, which will be really fun, especially if CU somehow manages to get in this plan there. Yeah. That would be, it'll be, it'll be fun regardless. But if that happens, that would be really, really fun. So exciting stuff on the college landscape for sure. Uh, Tyler, thanks for joining me uh, to talk football and a little hoops there at the end. And, you know, Coach Prime always does something, so I'm sure we'll talk again next week. This beat is never dull. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. That's no, for sure. Not. Thanks for having me, Chris. All right, we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.